Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. It's great to have you with us. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. Trust it edifies you. It is a bit um, interesting when the words being brought in worship are points in your sermon. <laughs> then you're kind of like, well, do I need to preach? You know. So that is, that, is, that is very powerful, you know. I've had this, this word kind of percolating in me for a while. It's, it's not something that's been suddenly, it's, it's kind of been there probably over the last three, four, five months. It's percolating, and it really is, has been about a change of season for this community. That's really what it's been. It's been this, this word of, of a change of season is coming, and the phrase that I felt God put into my heart is, we are entering a season of entering in. We are entering a season of entering in. And, um, and I'm, I'm, the problem was that I foolishly had a coffee with Stan and, and shared this with Stan, and here I am. So the moral of the story is be careful who you share things with. <laughs> Next time I was just chatting before, I'm going to, I have a word, I'm going to sh- share it with Mark Wilson and get him to go and share it with Stan. <laughs> so when you see Mark Wilson preaching, you know I've duped him. <laughs> I want to break my, my sermon just to help you into two main parts. The first part, I'm just going to share this around this word of the entering into a season of entering in. And then I also want to bring it practically and drop it right down to the level of you and I, of how we manage that, how we cope with that, and talk around what it means to transition into a new season. Uh, You know, sometimes we hear these words and it's great, wow, yeah, we're going into it, we're breaking through, it's going to be amazing, and you hit work on Monday, and it's like, by 8.05, you're like, where's the coffee, what happened? You know, you just, nothing of the breakthrough is evident, you're kind of stuck, and 25 Mondays later, you're kind of in the same rut, and you're thinking, what happened to that? So I really want to give us the two handles. I want to preach in the, the, into the community, into the level of the church, and then I also want to, second part, I want to give some points that will probably help us transition. It certainly helped me, and in fact, things I've learned by stumbling and, and making mistakes myself. But I want to say this to start off with, is that seasons are really, really important. Seasons are important. The season that you're in makes a difference to the way you live your life, or should make a difference, or actually will make a difference to the way you live your life. It matters what season you're in, and it really is the most simple example is that of a farmer. For a farmer, at the very base level, to do well, to thrive in his farming endeavors, he needs to know the seasons. He needs to know, it's not going to work well for him if he plants his maize or his millies in autumn and then hopes in winter they're going to, the rains are going to come and they're going to grow. It's just not going to thrive. He's not going to make money. But a farmer understands something of the seasons in the natural and also cooperates and works with the seasons. So he plants in the spring. In the summer, he takes a, takes a sit down and he allows the rain and the sun to do the growing. Maybe he does a bit of weeding and does whatever he needs to do, and I'm obviously simplifying this. But in the autumn, he comes and he takes a harvest and he cooperates with the seasons, and then he has enough to get him through the winter season. 
And I think for you and I, that's a very helpful thing just to keep in the back, is that we need to posture ourselves and live our lives according to the seasons, our individual seasons, but also as a community in the seasons we're in. Okay. So obviously, if we're talking about entering in, I'm sure you all guessed we're going to go to one Joshua, or Joshua one, not one Joshua. There's only one Joshua. If you found two Joshua, I think you've got the wrong Bible. So just the key thing I wanted to say, for us to thrive in our lives, we need to be walking in tandem with the prophetic seasons of our lives. We need to be walking in sync with heaven's season for our lives. Okay, so Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to read the first three verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving them, sorry, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I promised Moses. I have given you just as I promised Moses. So I want to just pull out some points that really, really help us and as what I want to speak into this community season. The first point is Moses is dead. Moses is dead. I love that word brought about the past. Don't look, don't look behind, but look forward. I don't look behind, I look forward. Moses signified the old season. The old season is over. It's finished. And for many of us, we're kind of stuck looking back. If you're a, a spiritual person, you're kind of looking back to the, the move, the, the Toronto blessing and saying, God, I want that again. That's what I want. That's what it, it's all about. Let's go back to that. Or if you're evangelist, you're looking maybe to some of the Billy Graham crusades or you're looking back to things and saying, that's what we need. But friends, Moses is dead. The old season is over. And it's time for us to turn our eyes and begin to look over the Jordan to the new things. We haven't been there before. We don't know what to expect, but that's where we're heading. It's not behind us. It's into the future. It's what God has in store for us. It's really, really, really important. It's about turning ourselves towards the land over the river. The second point that I want to make now, therefore, arise. Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Guys, girls, this is the time for you and I to arise. This is the season for us to stand up. You know, when, it's the, when we do things in tandem with heaven, with the right season of God, it is easy to do. And right now, it is a season for us to stand up. It's not the season to be sitting down. It's the season adjusting our focus and standing up, arising, getting ready for the new thing. There is a land, there is an inheritance for each one of us that is calling on us to arise. I love the word that Helen brought. There's an there's a intentionality that is required is to step up looking where we're heading and saying, yes, Lord. 
That's where I'm going. Yes, Lord, that's where I'm going. Now, the thing is, as soon as you stand up and you look and you say, right, I'm ready, it's a little voice that comes and it says, who do you think you are? Anyone heard that voice or is it just me? <laughs> who do you think you are? Can I suggest to you the answer to that question is, it's not who do you think you are, but it's knowing whose you are. It's not who you think you are, it's knowing wh whose you are. You see, the point of the thing is the inheritance of the promised land was not given to them because they had been good people. In fact, if you read the story, it actually should, they should never have got there. It was given to them because of the heart of a good father who promised something to their fathers. It was on the basis of a promise that they enter in. And for you and I, it's not on the basis of our qualifications or our living life well or being amazing or knowing what we call to. It's on the basis of a heavenly father whose goodness is turned towards us and he has something for you and I. He has a destiny for each one of us. Now is the time to arise. We need to be standing up into who we really, really are. You know, sometimes when we, we use Old Testament analogies and it's fighting and it's warfare and there's a physicalness, it's taking physical land, sometimes it's about taking things in the spiritual taking things, warfare in our minds, and taking ground in our minds, taking ground into our anointings, taking ground into our calling. So it's not always in the natural. It's not always a working out, buying a new house, getting bigger things. It's, some, it's a lot of the time, it's a spiritual shifting that needs to happen that opens doors for the natural. Now is the time to arise. Now is the time to stand up into who you are. So Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. This is the moment in, when you read the story of Exodus where the shift happens. They're slaves, they're in the desert, they're in the wilderness, and 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 they're in the wilderness, and, in, and all the time, God is protecting His people, giving them food, giving them um, fire at night, clouds during the day, looking after them, protecting them, and defending His people. This is the moment it shifts, where the people become from being defensive and being protected by God to becoming offensive and beginning to walk into something. And suddenly there's an intentionality and they begin to step in. And there is a time in each of our lives where we become Christians and God looks after us and He protects us as we're young and we're babies, but there's a time when that begins to shift and when we know His goodness, we know His grace, we know who He is, and He wants us to be empowered to walk into what He has for us. Now is the time to cross the Jordan. It's not about holding fort. It's, it's not about settling. It's about breaking camp and going through. And what's really, really interesting, I was having a conversation with someone last night, and they kind of reminded me, um, 
that Tyron Daniels, when he was here, that's the one thing he preached on was, it's we're moving from a defensive season, the church, to an offensive season. And it's really interesting. And then Stan has been preaching a lot, and he's been t- talking about that of the four pictures of the bride, this is a season for us as army. You know, and, and because the thing was, there came out a people, there were a, there were a ragtag 1.5 million odd bunch of people who didn't know who they were, what they were. God takes them on. But to enter in, he slowly crafted them into an army. Fought their first, a part of the Jordan for them. Helped them across. Fought their first battle for them. Slowly began to teach them. And it was the army that took the ground. And this is, there's an intentionality and a, and a forthrightness and a stepping into this is what my Father has given me. This is what I'm stepping into. And I feel that's the season that we're in, where we step into things. The interesting thing is, as I mentioned, there were the most unlikely bunch of people that should have taken ground. There were fortified cities. There were strong communities. There were nations there that were strong and established. The Israelites should never have been able to do what they did. And I think that's a powerful analogy for how God works with us. He doesn't use the qualified all the time. He doesn't use the most obvious. He picks the ragtag, he picks the unequipped, he picks the guys who don't know who they are, and he begins to blow his spirit into them, and he begins to shift them, and he begins to set them up. And it's the crazy dreamers of God that step in and begin to take land. You see, crossing over the Jordan, this is the season for crazy God adventures. This is the season for people to step into what God has for them. The dreams that are deep inside the heart, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. In fact, I feel like right now, I just want to shift for a moment, that there is, there is a, a moment here for people with desires or ventures that are in their hearts, that they're planning or they've started planning, that they feel totally ill-equipped for, or they've got dreams that they're thinking, I'd love to do that, but who am I to do that? I feel like there's just an anointing in this place for that. I want to ask you just quickly, if we can just break this, if you can, if there's something in you that's beyond you, that's beyond the Jordan where you've never been before. Why don't you just stand where you are? Just quickly. Just quickly. Just if you've got someone standing next to you, just lay your hands on them. We're just going to ask God for his anointing. Father, thank you that when you bring a word, you back it up. And I just pray for everyone standing that has crazy God adventures in their hearts, that they don't understand how this is going to work out. They don't have the capability, they don't almost have the capacity to go into this. They don't know which way to turn. Father, I pray for wisdom right now, Holy Spirit, for supernatural wisdom right now. I pray for favor. I pray for connections, that you connect them to people that are going to partner with them to break into this new territory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Come on. Then I want to jump down to, I mean, if you read Joshua 1, there's one phrase that, that kind of jumps out at you. It just, you can't, it's repeated about six or seven times. It's be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Therefore, be strong and courageous. Even the people tell Joshua, be strong and courageous, Joshua. It's like, it's a theme in Joshua 1, be strong and courageous. And, and this, this, this is a season for courage. This is a season when we need to stare our giants in the face and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in you. And trembling, begin to make first steps towards your Goliath or your Jericho or your Red Sea and trust God to break it. But it's a step of courage is what's required. This is a... Now, I want to just speak a moment to those of us who've been around the mulberry bush a couple times, who've, who've been there, done that, wearing the t-shirt, and kind of like when you hear people saying, oh, we're going to go forward, we're going to do this, you're kind of like, oh, good luck to you. <laughs> I've got stripes, I've got wounds, yeah, you're a, you're a little bit young, but you'll learn. You know, a couple, life will give you a couple smacks, knock you down, punch you on the nose, you're walking to the back of the bus a couple times. I'm just going to sit back here and watch. This is going to be fun. You know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a, a kind of a settling in some of us that have been hurt, that have, haven't walked into what we thought we were going to walk into, where we kind of like, hmm. What happens when you don't process these disappointments and hurts in God, you step back and you settle in safe zone. And what begins to happen is that you begin to step out of the purposes of God because you connect yourself to your disappointment and your brokenness and you live out of that. We connect ourselves to that. Oh, I'm never going to do that again. That was just silly. No flipping ways am I standing up and giving a word again. Or no ways am I going to pray for healing. That person died. I'm not going there. And so the thing is, to be courageous, one of the keys of being courageous is being prepared to fight for your own wholeness. Being prepared to fight for your own healing. And it disconnects us from the past, it disconnects us from brokenness, it disconnects us from bad examples, and it disconnects us from our failures, and especially the ones where we were really stupid in it. And it's like there's no one else to blame if we're utterly honest. We look at ourselves in the mirror and you just want to say, you idiot, why did you do that? And wholeness and forgiving ourselves and doing some inner healing, working through that, sets us free from these so we can begin to live to the tune of His voice, to the beckoning of His voice, not to the beckoning of the disappointments, the brokenness, the hurts and things like that. It's really, really powerful. It's a season to be courageous. And the first place we be courageous is with ourselves. We be courageous and we say, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm getting whole. I'm prepared to work through. I'm being vulnerable. I'm getting this sorted out. I'm moving on. 
I'm not, I refuse to be in the same place next January. I refuse. Come on. And then the final point on this word is jump down to verse 14. And, you know, they were on the east side of the Jordan, and there was the two tribes and the half tribe. Were, that was their land. They still had the other nine and a half tribes had to go onto the west side of the Jordan and take their land. But the thing was this, although they were camped in the land for the two and a half tribes, the, they were not allowed to settle in that land and have peace. They had to arm themselves and cross over with the army, with the nation, and fight for the other's inheritance. It was only when everybody got what they, was theirs were they able to come back and live in peace in their land. And I feel that's a powerful story for us. One of the keys to us walking in to this entering into the season of entering in is that we become a people that fight for each other, that we do warfare for each other, we pray for each other. I think one of the most powerful things in a, in a prophetic community like this is, is that we put courage into each other. When you see something in somebody, you see some gold, you see a treasure, you go up to them and you speak life and you blow wind into that and you set them into their destiny. You help them go into their destiny. It's incredibly, incredibly powerful. I can't sit in peace in this season when my brothers and sisters don't have what God has given them. That's key. I want to say this too. For some of us, what our destiny is and where we're heading for is perfectly clear. We're like, this is where I'm going, that's what I'm doing. I'm in it, I'm making it happen, pulling some guys along and I'm making it, and I'm gonna do this. For others, we're not so sure. We're in this space where, is it this, is it that, what about this, what about that? And there's no, there's no prophetic clarity as to what God has called us to. Can I say, that that is a beautiful gift to you because that is the season when you tag onto other people's things. You tag onto other people's inheritances and you begin to say, Christian, what are you going for? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be behind you. And automatically what he walks into is a part of, what, of mine because I'm backing him and I'm going for him. And so what we do is all of us who are still figuring things out, we begin to back others and we're going to fight for others and say, I'm fighting for you so you walk into what God has for you. And when you walk in, that's a piece of me there. And through that, God will open the door to show you what your story is and where you need to be walking. Okay. Right. So that's the word for the season, is entering in. Yikes, that clock is going, I'm sure that's speeding up, eh? Okay, cool. Thank you, Christian. Went from 20 to 5 in about three minutes. So now, it's, it's, it's powerful for us to contextualize and know the season that we're moving into as the community that we belong to. This is what's going to be happening. This is how I begin to need to start turning myself. This is what I need to be doing. But how do we make that happen for you and I? Because it's a transition. It's always these transitions, moving into the more of God, going through things, processing things. And I, I found that one of the things that I've struggled with, and a lot of people that I know, is, is doing transitions well. 
is walking into seasons well. It's going from one season into the next. It's like, hey, flip, what happened there? You know, I found myself curled up like a baby crying in the middle of these things. Jesus, help me. In fact, I couldn't even mutter that. It was like, ah. So I've got some, some points that I want to share around us transitioning that will, will help us, will help us step into what God has for us. The first thing that we really need to know about transitions is that they're messy, period. And that's okay. It's like a, a baby being born. It's ugly. It's not, it's not pretty in any which way. These guys that say it's, oh, it's just the most amazing moment of my life, that's not true. <laughs> it's just not true. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But <laughs> my wife had seizures and I was just fascinated. I was like, I wanted to cut the second time, but they wouldn't let me. So transitions are messy. The key to this, the key to understanding is this. Our Heavenly Father's processes don't always line up with what we think our processes should be. There's not always a sinking. God's way of bringing us to where he, what He has for us is not necessarily the same as our way. And so suddenly, it's not unusual if to use a traveling analogy, you feel like it's time to go to Joburg, get in your car, you're off to Johannesburg, that's where you're heading. Next thing, you're driving around Bloemfontein and you're lost. Like, what happened here? Where am I, what am I? You don't know Bloemfontein, you've got no GPS, no cell phone, and you're trying to figure out where Johannesburg is. It's just, it's like, you don't know what's happening. You don't know where, you don't know why. That's what transition is like. It's like, what happened here? But we need, to, we need to trust him in his processes. And, and can, I, can I say this very vulnerably? Is that it's very easy to talk and say, he's, he's the king of kings, he's the lord of lords, he's going to look after you, it's going to be okay. And then when everything you think should happen doesn't happen, and you kind of left with egg on your face, in a corner, what was that? And what is that continuing? And every time you think it's gonna change, it doesn't change. And you're kind of like, you're almost desperate. I mean, I've, I've been in that space where everything that I've possibly um, thought was gonna happen wasn't, everything that I thought I could trust in, and I, 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 I regard myself a little bit as a man of faith. And it's like, none of the things worked. Nothing. And I, all the advice I'd given people over the years didn't mean diddly to when I was in, in catastrophe. And, and that's the nature of process. It undoes you. It's meant to. It's messy. And unless we understand that, so when you're being undone and you feel like you can't carry on anymore and you're crying out to God, get me out of here, get me out of here. Just know he's a good, good father. And he will get you out as soon as he's done what is required for that season. Okay. Sorry, this is going a little topsy-turvy. The second thing is that transitions are full of uncertainty. So not only are they messy, they're full of uncertainty. You see, the thing is this, 
when what was is no longer and what is to come is not yet. To politely put it, you're stuffed, if that's a word you can use. It's like, what on earth do I do? Where do I go? How do I, what do I do? And there's this absolute space of, sorry, let me just get this over my ear. The space of, of total uncertainty. And you, there's nothing, as I was saying earlier, there's nothing that you can grab onto. And you're like, God, what's going on here? I used to be able to rely on this friend and they're not there for me. I used to be able to do that. Man, sorry. There we go. Those things that I had are gone. Nothing I can do in this space. And, and that's the nature, the uncertainty. And the problem is, when there is such uncertainty in our lives and, and doubt in that, the natural thing, or at least in my life, the natural thing in that space, have I got a job? Am I going to be this? Am I going to be that? Will I, will I be able to keep my house? How am I going to make the car payment? What about this? What about that? Am I going to... I, I had, at one stage, had visions of myself and my family on a rubbish dump thinking, okay, well, this is us. We're going to skivvy through the rubbish and see what we can find to eat. Anyone been there? It's like this fear comes at you. And the thing what happens in that incredible uncertainty, the natural inclination is we go to fear. And suddenly, before we know it, we are partnering with fear. We are walking hand in hand with fear, and fear is speaking to us at every single step of the way. And it's like this, and anything little can happen, and it's like boom, 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 and you take it out, and fear just exaggerates and takes it right out there. And when fear is speaking to us, when fear has our ear, it's very difficult to walk into the purposes of God. It's very difficult to walk into the purposes of God. And what is the antidote to fear? Well, you know, there's this guy in the Bible, and he's called the Prince of Peace. And I think what we need to learn is just to get a little closer to him in those moments. Just come next to him. When you're close to the Prince of Peace, you have peace. When you're with him, you have peace. No matter what, and it's, you've just got to refocus your mind, refocus your intentions, refocus your heart. He's the one I'm going to stick with. He's the one I'm going to be with. So transitions are full of uncertainty. It's easy to partner with fear. But there's this guy called Jesus, who's the Prince of Peace. I think I've got the wrong size ear. The third point about transitions, I've got two more after this, is that in transitions, we are at our most vulnerable. We are at our most vulnerable. I think, I don't know where I got this, but the devil is in the doorways of our lives. You know, when you're going from one space, from one room, and you're moving to another room, as from one area of, of, uh, of operation and you're moving into a promotion, the devil's in the doorways. At the doorway is where you're going to encounter the enemy. He's, that's the place where you're vulnerable. Where you're not there, you're not there, and he's going to get you. 
And, and the thing with this is this happened to Jesus. So don't think you're exempt. You know, when Jesus got baptized, that was the transition point of his life. He gets baptized, he goes straight into the wilderness, and who's in the wilderness? The devil. And he has this encounter with the enemy, sorts the enemy out, and he's into the synagogue, and he stands up, reads from Isaiah, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. And he's transitioned into his ministry. And so the devil is in the doorways, and we need to know that. You see, that's where we're most vulnerable. That's where he knows once you get into the next season, Jesus, this really is. Once you get into the next season, Once we get into the next season, there is a sense we, we, we know who we are, we know, we're not as vulnerable as we are, but it's in those transition moments the enemy's going to have a go at you. It tries to stop you. Now, allied to that point is with every transition, there is a wilderness season. That's just how it is. Jesus had it, Israelites had it, Joseph, David, Daniel, just <laughs> read the scriptures. Every transition is a wilderness season. It just happens. The, the thing with the wilderness season, I mean, many things happen in the wilderness season. There's lots of shifts happen. But I think the key thing that happens in a wilderness season is that there's internal changes happen. That's where the deep stuff happens. In the deep wilderness winters of our lives, that's where God can realign and reset and redo. Incredibly, incredibly powerful. You see... Character upgrades happen in the wilderness that set us up for the next season. You need that to, to strengthen you, to enlarge you, and set you up for the next season. So if you're going through a wilderness season and you're trying to fight it, that's wrong. You should be embracing it. This is it, God. I'm going. The other thing that happens in the wilderness season is our idols manifest. You know, just like the Israelites, up popped the golden calf. When times are hard, the sun doesn't go much above the horizon, and days are dark. I promise you, friends, all your idols are going to pop up. Suddenly, all the things that you're stressing and worrying about, you know your idol is somewhere in there. If it's money, if you're stressing about money, at the end of the day, it's really because we don't trust God. And I know this. I do this all the time. So I'm preaching to myself. Don't, you know. If your idols come up. And so God can help us deal with that idolatry. So it sets us up into the next season where we don't get caught with those things. Okay. Yeah, it was a good point. So really, when you're in the wilderness, the question to ask is not, what do I do to get out of here, God? The question really to ask is, Father, what are you doing in me? What are you changing in me? What can I cooperate with Holy Spirit to shift in me so that I can journey out quickly? So that I can do what needs to be done? 
And the final point, there's no getting away from this, is when you're in a wilderness season, there is a distance to travel from this side of the wilderness to that side. There is a distance that things need to happen and there is a process that needs to happen. The only thing that we can determine, is it four months or 40 years? That's what we determine. But there has to be a walking out. There has to be a walking through. Four months or 40 years. And, and so the question we really need to be asking ourselves when we're in that wilderness season is, Father, give me wisdom to process this well. I want to walk to the other side. I want to be on the other side. I, I don't want to be in here. I want everything that you need to do in me, I want done. So when I come to the other side, I'm out and I'm ready for the next season. I can walk into what you have for me. I'm ready to enter into what you have for me. That Jericho is staring at me in the face. It's coming down. That Goliath, there's something you've done in me. Suddenly the things that I feared, I trembled from, I've changed. You've done something deep inside of me, and I can now process and move forward. Sometimes, the longer the wilderness the higher the mountain that we're going to. Other times, the longer the wilderness, the deafer we are. And we just don't want to process things and walk through. Now, what I'm feeling, can, can, with the band, would you mind coming up? I just want to, I feel like there's, there's, there's a moment in God where there is, there is an anointing, there is a, a word that is being released that will set us to accelerate through our, our wilderness space. There is a, a word that will break us out of patterns. I, feel, I felt like one of the things I felt like is that there have been people going around a mountain in a wilderness season because they don't know what they're meant to be doing there. They don't know what they, why they're there. And I feel like there is, there is an anointing that I'd love to just release over people and break over people to accelerate you out of that mountain, sea, that wilderness season that you're in. So if I could ask, if you don't mind, if we could all just stand up. Let's just close our eyes. Let's just honor this moment. And I want to I invite you, if you're sensing, as I was sharing, that it's time to break the cycle. If you're sensing that it's time to come out of the season that I'm trapped in and I need to break into the new season, I want to invite you to respond in faith and say, Lord, it's time. 